0: Welcome to I See What You Mean, a podcast about how people get on the same page or don't or perhaps shouldn't. Today, my guest is Brenda Blackman. Brenda is a friend and federal government consulting colleague with a career of military and civilian organizational leadership. Brenda, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Lou. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you, Brenda. Why don't we start with a short bio about yourself?
1: Sure. I was served in the Air Force for 28 years. Mm-hmm. It was a great career. Made many friends, lifelong friends that I still have good relationships with. And in fact, one of my former bosses is one that introduced me to the consulting world. Mm-hmm. So uh, he brought me in as uh, a young consultant into a woman-owned, disabled. Mm-hmm. company, which mm-hmm. was very uh, close to my heart, being a former military person, mm-hmm. and um, so I've been serving in that capacity for the last 10 years with different companies, leading a team, um, continuing to use my experience, hopefully, to make things better.
0: Absolutely, and that was why I wanted to talk with you, because of the experience I know you've had in the military, in military service as a leader. We work together on the civilian side and I think you're great at what you do and especially at mentoring young professionals and teaching young professionals some of the ropes. So I want to recall something we talked about when we were preparing and it actually has to do with some generational differences. You told me a funny story about playing a board game with some family where communication was critical to the game and you, and you saw that there was a difference in the communication by generations of the, of the participants. Of the players, so why don't we? Why don't you recount that story, and we'll start there.
1: Sure. For those that have not played the game of Code Names, it's a board game with with cards and people. You have to have at least four people dividing up into to two teams. So one team is the spy master, and the other team are known as the field operatives. So supposedly skills, very important. But what we found (laughs) out was playing with the young 20 year olds. And then there were two of us that were about four decades older than them. (laughs) Um, The young ones were giving us the clues. And we really, in most cases, kind of had no idea what they were talking about. But as we went through the game, we had the aha moment that it's very important. Age does factor into how you communicate, how you get on the same mm-hmm, page. Mm-hmm. Because again, with their clues, it was very important or, or very apparent that the other young one was like initially than ours. But the, if we had paired up by age, we may have done better.
0: We, <laughs> uh, the I called the podcast, I See What You Mean, to capture that aha moment that you mentioned when you go, oh, I see what you mean. And that flash of insight of that perspective shift that does something to get two or more people on the same page. I know that there are many factors to that. I hadn't thought a great deal about uh, generational factors regarding that. So the game is a fun illustration of that point, but it's an important illustration of that point. So it it makes me wonder what... There's been work experiences that you've had, we've both had, where because of gender or generation or perhaps culture or even bring the just professional training if you you know you put an engineer and a customer service person in a room together they speak different languages because they have different roles and responsibilities right tell me about some of your experience bridging those gaps and in, in, in getting people on the same page where you how you help people see that and then exchange information with each other so that they could have their own aha moments
1: well, some of that comes with, one, always factoring in everyone clearly wants to do a good job. No one comes to work every day to mm-hmm. think that they're, they don't want to be successful. Mm-hmm. But how do you communicate with them to make sure that they know that they're valued? Every human being wants to be recognized, believed in. that kind of leads into mentoring and helping to grow people by valuing what they bring. But... It also means that you have to take the extra step and the extra time to make sure that the people you're working with, your team, are as invested in the outcome as you are. Mm -hmm. And by clearly defining to them what success looks like, how do you get to the successful point? And yes, culture, gender, age, all the things that... You know, some of the things we're not supposed to talk about do come into play. Yeah. But again, as you say, taking a, a more mature adult that has had a successful career and leading hundreds and hundreds of people in charge mm-hmm. of millions of dollars, mm-hmm. in programs mm-hmm. into a small team of 30, 40, or 50. But success for an individual shouldn't be defined on how many people you lead or how many accolades you've had. It's still, you, you've got to be hungry for that next success. But success is not defined by you as an individual, it is is a team. And the more you can engage that team and help them to understand what success means, then the more vested they will be. And if we're not clearly communicating or making sure we set the stage to make sure we're all on the same page, then the less likely, yeah. whether it's work or personally, matter. that we'll, we'll be successful.
0: Good point. And I want to take a half step back, but then come right back to where you just left it, because I'm going to connect a couple things. I didn't serve in the military and I probably had a mistaken, I probably misunderstood the command and control nature of the military. Before I worked with you and others pretty closely, I, I might've thought, the ability of someone in the military to, to issue an order was how things were communicated and how things worked. And they could be. But I think that I had a conversation with Bob Nunley once about that. And his answer was funny, and you'll, 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 you'll laugh. He said, you know, apart from a crisis or urgent situation to combat where an order is the right way to communicate something, he said, and his voice went like this, it's the worst way to communicate with people, right? I tie it in my mind to what you just said, and I want to ask you to confirm it or explain it to me. You can issue an order. You're in a civilian on a, work, on a team at work. If you're the project manager, if you're an executive in the company, you can issue an order. That doesn't mean people understand enough about it to get on the same page. That doesn't mean they know enough about what you're looking for to bring their best to it. So comment for a moment, if you would, about the idea of issuing orders and a different way to have a conversation about it to start things off.
1: So, and I'll take it a different way of, Mm -hmm. I like to look at it as commander's intent. Mm -hmm. So, and it's understood that it's an order. I give you a direct order to do something. That means you have no other choice. Mm -hmm. And and as as Bob said, that's not a good way to operate. There are times when you have to say that, but those are very dire situations. It's usually, again, And I have folks that will say it now because they've been around me and Mm -hmm. Bob for long enough. They go, "Okay, we just want to make sure we have got commander's intent. Mm -hmm. And that is, do we understand what the ask is? And so sometimes the way to make sure they understand is you say it back to me. Mm -hmm. I need this deliverable. Mm -hmm. Can you explain to me how you're going to give that to me. Mm-hmm. So the commander's intent is that deliverable in five days, making sure everyone understands what that is, set the stage. How will we get there? How do we de-pri- unprioritize something else right. that's uh, right. hot right now to right. get to that? So we look at it as at the end of the day, yes, it may be an order, but it's the intent of the ask. And that was one of the challenges I had when I transitioned out of the service and into the civilian sector that (laughs) I thought because I asked for it. It was going to be done, but it wasn't always managed that way. And I didn't want to have to say, well, that's an order because they'd go, okay, whatever. Um, But it it was, you wanted them to, again, feel that they understood, they knew why. You had the opportunity to say why. Sometimes you don't have the opportunity to explain why you need it.
0: True, true. Well, to say more about the, the intent having to do with understanding means and ends, I think there's something about intent and the idea and commander's intent of understanding what is to be done. If you, I'm walking away from a conversation, I know what I need to go do. We know what we need to go do. But there's something about understanding why what we do is a understanding what we do is a means to an end that I think helps people perform. Say, say what's your experience with that? At
1: one point, yes, I had a boss that didn't believe in explaining why. He always just said, you have this piece of the pie to work. And it was always hard to understand how what you were contributing fit into the big picture. So as long as I had the opportunity to say to the people that work for me now, (laughs) so how to make people feel empowered. And that's the, you know, one of the big buzzwords is empower people to be successful, empower people to know that they can do their job. And sometimes that's all they need is that positive influence of, we've got confidence in them. I have a very young group of people right now about to lead a big project. They're Mm -hmm. stepping into the role Mm. of the senior PM. Mm. And it's huge, Mm -hmm. but I have no doubt they're going to be successful because they've shown that they're hungry, they've shown that they can deliver, they're a younger version of your daughter that, <laughs> you know, you see that, that spark in mm-hmm. them that, you know, all they need is just someone that believes in them. Not that your daughter didn't have many people that believed it.
0: No, but, but don't you I, mean. yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I was had the pleasure of helping to guide and groom her and mm-hmm. most people take that very seriously because at the end of the day, They're the next generation. They're going to be the next PM. They are going to be the next vice president of a company. That's right. So you you invest in them and you have confidence in them and you help them understand, but you make it a two-way street that they feel open to come back and say, do you have a minute? Right. And sometimes you don't, sometimes you do, but you always want to find that minute because for them, that's important.
0: Well, I think if you, it is important. And I think if, if I were given an order and I had to have no more information, I could go off and do what I was told to do. I could turn it back on time and on schedule and on budget and the quality the best quality I could deliver to let's say to you, Brenda, that I could in the time. I just have to if if what I was given was scoped that narrowly. This you know, the order is go do this get go do this analysis or go find this information whatever it was, I have to trust that when I bring it back you or someone else is piecing the other pieces with it now that might or might not work well for you but if that's how we communicated that's all I can do I would rather know why not because I want to challenge it I'd rather know why you needed that piece from me and how it related to some other pieces because it also might help me do my job a little bit better to get you back something that's more useful or or in the in in the process if we had a a day or had a week, communicate with some of the other colleagues on the, on the task. Make sure we're coordinated, make sure we're on the same page, so you don't get back things that are sloppy or messy or disconnected that you've got to, you had to fix. I think knowing something about the rationale, and I understand commander's intent is also to, to provides the rationale, like you said, not just a command, not just an order, but right. the rationale, because then it also engages people who receive it it engages their brains in a different way right and I think that goes to what you said where you what you your comment that you closed a moment ago that it's important for people to feel like they're bringing value to what they're doing thinking being thinking beings not just cogs in not just doing but thinking and catching things to be able to engage at that level is I think more rewarding for people and I think it improves performance. I mean, you tell me what your experience is, but I think it improves performance. And I think yeah. it brings people together in a way, Brenda, that they learn to do that together. So the next time, they keep building that skill of a high-functioning team.
1: Agree, agree. There have been you know, opportunities, very frustrating opportunities, where you weren't sure that you had commander's intent. Or that the commander knew what they were asking
0: mm-hmm, for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure, sure.
1: And so it, it, you've got the perception of, okay, bring me a rock, mm-hmm. and, and we go. Okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna polish that rock, and we're gonna bring that rock, <laughs> and we bring that rock, and he's like or she's like, well, it's not quite what I had in right, mind. Right, so right. So that is just a huge challenge when you go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and you finally go, okay. The words that you will never hear out of my mouth are, I give up. I do not know what you want. Do you really know what you want? And that's <laughs> always the challenge of saying, do you really know? And it's, sometimes it's not. But that's again, true. the joke is, okay, go polish your rock and bring me another one That's rock. right. Well, it's still not the rock we want. So <laughs> that is what I try to always avoid. I, I know it's human nature because you sometimes have in your mind exactly what you want, but you fail to communicate And to make sure that the person you're communicating with is on the same page. You have not in some way developed that thought or the thought may not be totally complete yet to be able to deliver it. And you'll know it when I see it. Oh, those are words that I don't like.
0: Oh, yeah, that's bad.
1: Yeah, that's such a waste of time. That's bad. But yes, I'll know it when I see it.
0: I try never to say that. No, 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 no. That's my obligation to have. Figure it out a little bit more before I ask you to go do it. Do you have you seen a difference in, let's say, capability, maturity, not of individuals, but of organizations or of teams, of leadership between the military and civilian in the way that in, in the thing that we're talking about, where I, let's just say it's effective communication.
1: Yes, I'm sure it is there because again, when you think about. When we retire from the military, we all say, the first question you're asked is, do you miss it? Uh And probably every person bar none will say, I don't miss the work, but I miss the people. The
0: people, yeah.
1: The people that come together, you are comrades in arms for the rest of your life because Uh you've lived through Like experiences, Uh you've been stationed overseas that your military family becomes your family Uh because you don't have access to your family. And so you can communicate. You can go for years and not see each other and sit down over, you know, some Mm -hmm. mimosas and some brunch. And five hours later, (laughs) time just disappears. (laughs) Whereas in the civilian sector, you don't have that because people change jobs, people go home to their families right, right. which is which is different so as a, a former military person I had to make that mental transition that that doesn't mean that they're not vested in the job it's just a different way of thinking and one of my young folks you know I always say I try to find a way to say yes mm-hmm. so when I'm asked for something and if the time comes that I have to say no then I my client knows there's something catastrophic there that we can't support it. Right, right. So communicating the importance of saying yes, without it being uh, illegal, immoral, right, 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 as right, they say. Right. it's a way of kind of cooperating to graduate and just getting along and trying to take that culture through my team to make sure that again, it's not my success It's our success and it's our failure if it comes to that.
0: Sure. I think I I, I might be mistaken or maybe making it over the oversimplification. But I think that to me, the military practice of the kinds of things you and I are talking about were more deliberate. They were more intentional. Not that they can't be in the civilian sector, but I think there was something about training in the military that led to that intentional, deliberate practice, like a best practice, Right. Here's how we do things. And in the, in the civilian side, there maybe isn't so much of that training generally. It could be in any company. It could be with any leader. But it isn't that way, I don't think, generally.
1: Yes. In the military, we train and equip because, unfortunately, people's lives right. Right. could be at stake. Right, And in and, and most opportunities in the civilian side of consulting, I won't say all civilian uh, right. opportunities, right. but in consulting... A mistake or lack of communication can, is not going to cause something catastrophic. We can catastrophic to recover happen. from it. Yeah, correct.
0: Yeah, correct. So you're getting on the same page with your team. When you are getting on the same page with them, and you're getting them on the same page with each other and you, how do you define that? What's happening when people are on the same page? I think we've implied what it means by this by what we've talked about so far. But do you have a, when you see it happening, and you know it's happening, what are you seeing?
1: I see people that. One, we've had a chance to communicate what the ask is, mm-hmm. what the expected outcome is. Mm-hmm. We, we we get in sync. We get on the same page. I provide the intent. I come back and allow them the chance to ask questions. Mm-hmm. But it's no different when the client asks me for right. something right. to go – go hire someone, you know, what do they need to have? What experience do they need to have? Questions to have, right, right. Yeah, it's always the back and forth communication to make sure I understand. There is also, and I have a young consultant that has been worked for me now for for probably eight years. Hmm. He's very good at understanding the commander's intent. Most times I can say to him, you know, this is what I need, he's he's right on. Mm-hmm. And he delivers every time. So that that's another thread there that, based on who you're familiar with and comfortable with, right. sometimes you, sent, you tend to go back to them. As Bob said, when you get to the point where you're in charge, you have that little black book and you bring people around. Not people that make you feel good, no, but people, but you people work that well understand yeah. how you work. Yeah. I had three jobs in my career that I followed someone around because he's like, okay, go get that person, that right. person I, right. I can speak and they understand. Right. But that doesn't mean that you have, don't have the time to stop and explain what the intent is Right. because lack of communication leaves that person out there delivering that rock <laughs> that may or may not be what you want. So it's imperative as as a supervisor, as a manager that you communicate to them and make sure and you do the interim check-ins. It's something right. that un, you know familiar for them that they are making sure that the, the door is open, the communication is there. Open door is always the most important way to make sure we're clearly communicating.
0: There's something important there's something to two people like you describe, sort of being on the same page with each other in a general way—that they they right. read each other's minds or they they understand each other, so they work well together. There's something about that that has to do with the ability to make predictions. You know, I don't—we don't often talk about it that way, but I've been I've been reading about this and thinking about this, and I was I was thinking about examples of like so I'm in, I'm in Tampa. Tom Brady comes down from New England after a career and he's with new receivers in tampa you know everyone's saying he's got a he and the receivers have to learn to get on the same page they got to learn to be in sync not like guys that he played with for two three four or ten or more years and then gronkowski joins him and the comparison was those two read each other's minds and the other receivers were learning how well they don't really read minds what you do is you know what someone's going to do in a situation so if Brady's dropped back to pass and he sees the field that, that Gronkowski's in, he sees space between Gronkowski and defender. He knows where Gronkowski's going to run, but maybe he knows he won't make that move and go in that direction because there's no space there. He knows he's going to do, or he can predict, with some probability, what he'll do differently. And it looks like they're reading each other's minds, but really what they've done is played together so much they know how each other is going to operate in a certain situation. Now, if you've not thrown a ball to a, a receiver ever before, you don't know that about them. They don't know that about you as a quarterback. They, the receiver, don't know what the quarterback would be thinking as the play unfolds. And it unfolds in a couple seconds, in a few seconds. I think in the work world where you and Bob or you and others have worked well together, you knew that once the conversation was over, and, and like you said, there's, it continues, but it's over for the time, and you're off to do things and you are leading others in a lot of activity, As things come up, as circumstances evolve, I think you've got some knowledge about what what, what, what Bob would hope is done. Or anybody, any commander. I'm thinking of someone in particular because we, we work together. What someone hopes would be done under a set of circumstances. Or if you handled it in a certain way and explained why you handled it that way, they'd go, oh, okay, I get it. Right? There's that knowledge with each other of right. you're always working, to me, you're always working means and ends to get to the outcome. And means and ends can change. Interim means and ends can change on us all the time. But when you piece it together to get to the commander's intent, I know how Brenda will go about this. And even as things come up, I know she's going to, there's a problem person, there's a problem situation, there's a problem with the budget or the, the schedule change. I know what I can think of what she'll do without having to talk to her. There's a little bit of a prediction going on when people can work well together in the way that you describe, and they're kind of on the same page with that knowledge of each other of, I know what they're likely to do, and that's what I would need them to do. Have you ever thought about it that way?
1: I haven't thought about it that way, but I totally agree. And that's why when I talk about an environmental scan, Mm -hmm. it's important that we are helping Mm -hmm. people to realize how to do that. Not that I'm right and you're wrong, but respectful enough that says, okay, she knows this space. Let's hear what she has to say about this space, this client, this stakeholder, this commander, this situation. And it has a little to do with with age, but not totally everything. It's it's experience and it's deference to... Someone has done this before because I'm a firm believer in let's not create something just to create it. Let's check our brothers and sisters to see have you created something like this? Have right. you had this situation? Right. Right. So it's shared experiences, whether it's within our team, within our company, or within our networks. And that's one of the biggest things that I had to do, and I kept going. I go back to Bob. He was my seeing eye dog. I. I had a situation it's like okay so he would make that translation of okay remember when you did it this and we did it this way this is what they're asking for so it's like ah yeah Uh (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, okay that's what it means so it's the communication of a different type of acronym a different type of deliverable right but again bringing that brand new person in or bringing you know that that right out of college or bringing that person new to the team making them feel part of the family part of the team and having the same interest in success as everyone else does whether it's been someone that has been with me for eight years or not been with me for eight days right it's the same
0: i i've I've used a something of a working definition of getting on the same page here on the podcast which is pretty simple agreeing enough to take the next step together and I think that leaves some things out that it can mean to be on the same page but I was trying to get something I was trying to get the concept down the definition down to something very granular I was trying to get away from the notion that getting on the same page means always means agreement because it doesn't if you and I had different ideas. If we were looking at a situation, Brenda, and we had different, we saw different things in it, and had different ideas of what was going on and what might be done about it, we could agree to take some next steps together to even test our own hypotheses, separate hypotheses about the situation, and come back to share with each other what we learned. So, because
1: there's different ways to getting on the same page. Okay, good point. So that I think for me, that's important in hearing what someone has to offer is. Are we on the same page? Yes. How we got there may be different than what I expected. Right, right. So being being open to that is it, always a growth opportunity for me. That I I've listened, and at the end of the day, we're we're there.
0: Especially, we, especially in a task that's got some complexity to it or some novelty to it. Something that's it's not a that's not something we've done 100 times, we, a team. So that there's, there, w- you would expect to be some amount of individual and team learning. Like, we're going to operate in the environment. We're going to see what happens. This is the situational, I mean, so the environmental scan notion too. We're operating in the environment. We impact the environment. The environment's impacting us. Are we noticing those cause and effects? Are we noticing what's happening? And are we using that? Are we bringing that information back to each other to process it? to kind of chew on it together and say, it. well, then in that case, we better try it, right? <laughs> Isn't that what you're thinking of with environmental scan or one of the things yes. you're thinking of?
1: Right. And we all have to go through that storming and norming phases, mm-hmm. those storming and norming phases to get to the end game. Mm-hmm. Because again, unless we've worked with everyone our whole life, right, right, it's, right. it's going to be a little bit of storming and norming each time.
0: So I'm trying, as as I launched this practice, and it's going to be a little bit more coaching than consulting, but in a way, in a particular way, about a leader with a team in a situation. So there's there's some situation they're facing where they need to be on the same page. And the communication, some communication techniques to help them do that quickly. And And it's built on this notion that we, each of us sees something a little bit different in a situation. That might be because of gender or not. It could be because of generation experience and, and, and or not. It could be because of our training. I, mean, I mentioned before, in a situation, let's say it's a business situation, one I'm more familiar with than military situations, somebody responsible for the budget and the funding will see certain things in a situation differently than what someone responsible for the IT or some other technical aspects of the situation, that different than someone who understands the customer in a really intimate way. People see different things in a situation and make different things of them, of what they see. To think about, to decide what they think should be done as a means to the end of accomplishing something. But what each of us is doing, at least initially, is lining all that up for our own, with our own knowledge and space, the space where in the subject matter expertise we have, or the role in the team we have. What we're also talking about is doing that at a a step up at a team level. Not just four or six or eight people doing it individually, but bringing that together as a team. That's where we're building some shared knowledge. So if we share different pieces of the puzzle or the pie together to put a picture together that looks like it makes sense to the team, I think it changes each individual's understanding of the situation. It even could be People get, get passionate about some things at, at, at times, <laughs> right? Right? Um, right. <laughs> and we can take that as a good sign that they care about what they you know, they care about this. But but we've got to we've got to teach people to work through it in a way that they have some aha moments along the way. They go, okay, now I'm broadening my lens. I'm broadening my individual perspective, building a team knowledge of something. So, but sorry, I, I wandered a field a bit. I just I I wanted to share with you. To get your reaction, I have this notion of we see different things to a degree, we size them up in different ways, and we think we would do something differently as a means to an end of accomplishing something, and that doesn't all automatically line up across a, a, a team. We've got to work to get that to line up.
1: Right, because we're individuals first, working to being a team. We each come with our different baggage, experience, thoughts, again, whether it's culture, Wherever experience, it from, right, or whatever. Right, right. But, but there's always someone or something that threads that needle through it all to get to the end point of a successful delivery, successful mission, whatever that happens to be. There's always got to be either a, an informed leader or someone else that's pulling that thread through to make sure that everyone knows they're being heard and understands what they're bringing to the table. That's a
0: good point too. somebody who, who can, who can guide that process along. I think, I think what happens, I, I and I love, I love this when it happens, you see, you see individuals on that. Like you said, we're individuals first. We're sort of on our own pages first, creating a mm-hmm. same page that we're getting on. What I love about that process is when, People share observations, insights, and something new or novel emerges out of it. It wasn't something that any particular individual on the team was already thinking. Some new insight, some new observation, some, a new hypothesis, a new something emerges from the conversation. It wasn't what somebody it wasn't Lou was saying, "Hey, I think it's black with white stripes." And then at the end everybody goes, "Wow, it's black with white stripes." No. Some people thought it was white with black stripes. Some people thought it was other things. But as we talk, somewhere along the line, someone goes, and maybe it's the leader who goes, "Hey, wait a minute. What if, <laughs> you know? Yeah. What about? Hey, what if we thought about it this way?" And there's there can be that aha moment. Tell me about you seeing teams do that, or how you've helped teams do that, where you th- pull that thread along, and then something new comes of it that truly is a team result that wasn't any individual like you use the pie example, all you put the ingredients together, they're all separate ingredients. And then out comes something different.
1: Right. Well, that comes from, again, commitment from the team, team individuals, bringing their best foot forward and being professional and willing enough to see that there's more than one way right. of seeing things. Right. That we can't be convinced that we have the right and only answer because there may be one, a different approach to getting to the end game of being a professional, making a delivery, but yet we've missed the mark on what the expectation is. So by being willing to practice your briefing, by being able to get there early, which again was a different culture for some of the folks that I was leading Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you've got to be prepared to come across as being informed and you, you've got to be prepared to be the expert. So if you haven't done your preparation, hmm. then you're not going to be successful on the other end. So if you're not there, you're, you, you, don't have your Sierra together. Uh, you're not making a professional appearance, mm-hmm. which again, it's not all about how you look, but if you don't come prepared and look the part, Then you're not going to convince someone of what you're trying to Mm -hmm, do. mm -hmm. So, by setting up some small practices like that of doing some dry runs, doing some practices, making sure we're dressed appropriately, making sure we're early, has helped to lead the team to a different mindset. Simple things to help guide them into not necessarily my definition of success, but what I've seen that has been successful in the past and the person we're delivering to, I know it won't be lost on him that right. we, we are prepared. We look the part, we can provide the story successfully right. and have the credibility that we need right. as we kept, as we come to the table.
0: Well, I like what you said about, and, and, and it's a challenge though. I, I like what you said about, you can't believe you have the whole answer yourself. But sometimes we do. Right. Or maybe we really don't believe we have the whole answer ourselves. But maybe someone feels so passionate about what they know that they would concede as a piece of something larger. Often when they're not being heard, or they don't feel like they're being heard, they keep getting louder, or they keep getting more insistent, or they look right. like they're digging in their heels. Right. They, don't, they haven't had that feeling yet of, if you're not heard You can feel like you keep beating that, you want to beat that same drum to be heard.
1: And one of the, again, the aha moments I had is some of our young consultants aren't taught to see that. They're so invested in the answer that they've worked so hard to get to that they can't see that, not even necessarily talking louder, but just saying it again Again, and again. Again and again, right. (laughs) They've missed the point. So, another practice that we have is. If you're delivering or you're briefing, it's like we sit and dry run it and murder board it, as we would say in the military, and and teach you how to speak John or how to speak Jane, what are they looking for? What are they going they to they be one asking? How are they right, going to do it right. chronologically? And if you get a number wrong, you just lost your credibility. So how do you recover from that? Right. How do you almost laugh at yourself? Yeah, in a very respectful no, no, way, right, right. Not, not to get embarrassed and totally shut down. Right. that's right. like so important.
0: That's a great point, and that's and that's also that leader helping, t- teaching, pulling that thread, helping the team learn to do that. I think once people learn, have done it once or twice. I think it's a very distinctive experience. Right. When we've been part of a team that worked well together, that's a wow experience. <laughs> and behaviors that we exhibit in contributing to that as a means to the end of that, I think are very highly positively reinforced. Like, I want to do that again. Yeah, I like how that felt. I wish I could work that way all the time. And we know that not every team does, but boy, that becomes the gold standard. We're always striving for if you're a team member, you're always hoping oh, the next task or the next project, I want it to go like that. If you're the team leader or in a leadership position, that's what we're trying to create for people all the time. It doesn't always work, but that's, I think, what we aim for.
1: Right. And, and it's you know, you got to learn when to pay it forward. And, and someone has helped you be successful. Yeah, yeah. So how are you helping the next person be successful? How are you making them feel like they are valued and they have Something to bring to the table, very very important. Well, I, I'm yeah, blessed with mentors in my past, I try to pay that same thing forward. And you know, when someone says, you know, you're great, I go, oh, thank you very much. But if, if that means something to you, then you go do it for someone else. And so, helping someone else succeed, whether it's an individual or a team, right. is is so important.
0: Well, and that's we should probably wrap up here because oh, we could dig into this for a whole discussion in itself i certainly think a difference between the military as a profession of 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 leaders and teams uh and the civilian world is the military i think is very intentional about succession planning and about preparing the next person for a role or or paying things forward in the way every every individual in the the military no that's just human nature no are there some Maybe selfish or narrow-minded folks everywhere in the... Yeah, but I think the military has a practice that says we, we we bring people up because they're going to become the leaders or because we're rotating out and people have to be ready to continue this responsibility, task, project, piece of the mission, whatever it is. And, and, and it'd be the failure of a leader if the left and people behind them weren't ready. In the civilian world, I don't think there is that much of a of a mindset of succession planning or, and maybe partly because people could stay in positions for a long period of time. They don't rotate out. They don't go to another assignment. There isn't the need to keep preparing people behind you. But I think what you said about the value you place on paying it forward, there's no downside to that. That's something we, we would hope to all do all the time, but I, I, think, it, I, I think it might be more exceptional in the civilian, in the civilian world. What do you think? Put you on a spot. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I know you try to do it.
1: <laughs> I I do because again, it's it's all about making uh, the place you leave a better place. Yeah. And uh, making sure you're preparing someone to step into your role because well, sooner or later we someone's are all going, going to, to step right. out of those roles. Yes. Well look, and look here's if you haven't if you haven't set someone up up yeah. for success, then all your hard work won't go away but it will certainly suffer in the short term until everyone gets back on the same page with that new person.
0: Well, and look, here's the truth, and we can close with this. Tasks come and go, projects come and go, budgets come and go, right? Those things come and go. In the end, it's the people who came together because people are so committed in their hearts and souls, in their DNA, to a cause. It's very powerful to be a part of that. It is the people that often matter the most. Well, we got to get you on to your next activity. I thank you very much for spending this time with me. I enjoyed it and learned a lot like I always do when we talk.
1: It's my pleasure, Lou. Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. Thank you, Brenda.
1: Thank you, Lou. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Have a good see you day. Soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: And that's how we see it, my friends. I want to thank Brenda for recording today's episode. You can find it at ISeeWhatYouMean.Castos.com, plus all the usual places. Send questions and suggestions through the app. Subscribe and give me a five-star rating unless you can't, in which case, tell me why. And join me next week when we take another look at how to get on the same page and stay there, unless we shouldn't.